ladies and gentlemen, I'm just really excited to be posting another episode of Hutch on Hunting. It's now 2024, and Hutch on Hunting is launching, hard launching, Hutch on Hunting podcast. And for my initial 2024 guest, I'm pleased to announce that we have Amanda Lynn Mayhew from Northern Ontario, Canada, who is just an amazing, amazing lady. In the next hour or so, you're going to find out just what she's done. But starting off, she is unique in the hunting world with her own company, Just Hunt, which is an outreach, a TV program, and she's going to have a special announcement for her third company that she's launching. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm sure all my followers are going to be excited to listen to your show. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. How cold is it out there in Northern Ontario this morning? It's actually not that cold today. It's only, I think, minus two. Minus two? It's balmy. Is the sun out? No, it's snowing. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. We finally oh. got snow. I wish we had had snow all for the, the late season fall or for the late season deer hunt, and we didn't have anything. I think we had two days out of two months of snow. Oh, no. You know, mm -hmm. back in the day, <laughs> back in the day, I hunted in the bush country of Saskatchewan, and for five days, it's 32 degrees below zero. Oh, it's crazy out west. I've done my elk hunting, the majority of it, in the late season in uh, northern Alberta, and it is cold. <laughs> and, you know, you, you, you do it, but you're prepared. But... You are. So but it's still... It's... Go ahead. <laughs> It's still, you know, it's still cold. Like, even though you're dressed for it, you, you're, you, you still got to walk and breathe and, you know, get, get through it. And if you're not active, then things, doesn't matter how many, um, how good your boots are or how good your clothes are, you still, you, you're, when you're idle, you get cold. That's right. So. And then for that bush country, um, whitetails, you know, they had tents or pop-ups. I didn't like mm -hmm. them at all. I'd like the uh, the blinds made out of hay bales. Oh, yes. They were the that ones. Have you ever done that? Yes, yes. When we were elk hunting in Alberta, we used hay bales. And, the yeah, there's a huge difference. You definitely stay a lot warmer. And I find even if you make a rough blind out of pines... Um, or cedars, like just a rough and blind that you are a lot warmer than you are just using a pop-up blind. Uh, and I agree. So, so a takeaway right right now, if you're hunting up in a bush country, Saskatchewan, Alberta, uh, even Ontario, you know, make sure your outfitter has hay bale blinds. Now they could cut out a round bale, square bales. It doesn't matter. 
but you're going to stay a lot warmer. I'm going to say 10 degrees warmer inside hay bales than there are in a pop-up. Would you agree to that? A hundred percent. Yes, <laughs> definitely. So in your bio, which is extensive, I'm just going <laughs> to, well, it is. I mean, you've been there, you've done that. Uh, you're a purpose-driven individual. Uh, you've had some struggles, which we'll talk about later in the show, but with a strong athletic background. So do you compete in college or high school or tell me about your athletic background? Uh, my athletic background came well after I was diagnosed with Graves' disease. So as a kid growing up, yeah, I was active. Um, you know, I did judo and just basic stuff like that. But it wasn't until 2007 when I started bodybuilding and entering competitions, which is after three children and, like I said, diagnosed with Graves' disease. So, no, I, I actually never went to college. And um, I didn't really do too much in high school. I was more into the arts and journalism in high school than I was um, athletic. So it wasn't until later on. So when you think about, you mentioned Graves' disease, the getting on the weights consistently with dedication and purpose, did that help you overcome your disease? Uh, I, I, you can never overcome Graves' disease because there's no cure for it, but you can maintain the symptoms. So uh, what had happened was after my third child was born, my body just went into like this crazy twist of hormone behavior that was completely abnormal um, where my throat was like closing and my metabolism was going really fast and my blood pressure was through the roof. And once they figured out what it was, they um, performed radiation on my thyroid, which killed 95% of it. And then we had to find a um, group of hormone replacements that would that would continue to maintain my health. And in that moment, they were like putting me on all kinds of different recipes of, of medications and it just like totally did not agree with my, my, my body. And I was like gain, I was going from hyper. So it's going, my metabolism is going from really fast to really slow. And they put me on blood pressure pills, which brought me even lower. And then I started gaining weight and it was just like a, whole teeter-totter mess of of just everything so um the, the the some of the medications i didn't need to be on i got rid of them and i stayed on one medication which is which is a hormone um replacement one and i stayed on that medication i was up at four o'clock in the morning this monday and watching infomercials and my like Probably one of my most favorite actors, Chuck Norris, was on TV. And he was using this crazy total gym um, thing. <laughs> and I was watching it and I'm like, what is this? And uh, yeah, they were promoting it for like 140 bucks at Walmart. So the next day I went over to Walmart and I get this gym. And it's just like you sit on it and you push yourself and you pull yourself and you slide yourself. So you could probably be the most laziest person in the world and you're still going to get a workout. And so 
I, I used this with my baby, Mackenzie, who's now 25. He was on it with me, and we would, we would go on this machine for two, three hours a day and just, like, have all kinds of fun and push and pull and whatever. And it was just a matter of months where I shed and shredded my body and started entering bodybuilding competitions, started a fitness magazine, um, because I noticed that a lot of my wanted real stories about real struggles and I was one of them and I had called Total Gym down in California hoping that I would get like you know the secretary at least and not an answering machine and instead I got the inventor's wife uh, her oh name is goodness. Joy yeah right <laughs> I got her and uh, she's like Hey, I didn't know it was her. I had no idea it was her. She was just like, hey, how can I help you? And I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, this is my name. This is where I'm from. This is my story. And I just want to know if Total Gem wants to, you know, share my story or be a part of it because you've had so much to do with my changes and everything that's happening to me. And she's like, oh, that's a really cool story. She's like, so what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, to be honest with you, it'd be really cool to do an infomercial with Chuck Norris. And she laughed. And she's like, oh, my God, baby. She's like, you have the biggest set of balls I've ever met on a woman. I love it. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> and then she told me who she was. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and um, the inventor of the Total Gym, his name is Tom, and Chuck Norris have been best friends since the early 70s. And that is why Chuck Norris was doing the infomercial with or for Tom is because he actually uses the Total Gym and he's his best friend. So a couple of weeks later, Joy calls me and she's like, hey, she's like, do you want to come to Houston and and join us at like the tennis, uh, the tennis competition and the uh, fundraiser, the kids, uh, Kickstart Kids fundraiser event. It's a gala we have to raise funds for for martial arts for children and I'm like hell yeah so um yeah that started in like 2012 or 2013 and I have been going every year since except for the last couple because of COVID um yeah and I am proud and honored enough to say that I'm friends with the owners of Total Gym and Chuck and Gina Norris wow mm -hmm. So, why do you have cojones that makes you believe you can pick up the phone and call somebody and say, oh, by the way, so what drives you to do that? Because in the rest of your bio and the rest of the backstory that you sent me, it speaks that that's who you are. I mean, there's no obstacle that's going to get in your way that you're not going to find a way to eliminate it or so what, I've, what I've learned. So I've, I've been, I've been in the fitness industry. I've been in the trade show industry for probably 30 years. Um, I used to assist in a company that used to build 120,000 pound rigger trucks. I've done cold calls. I've done sales. I've traveled all over the place. Like I've done enough to know that if you don't make a phone call or you don't ask, you'll never know. So you either expect a 50% yes or a 50% no. So if you have the kahunas 
to ask, then that's your that's your first fifty percent. Now the rest of your fifty percent is waiting for the answer. And folks, there's a great book. It's called Ask, and it's not about asking. It's about the reasons why people don't ask. Mm -hmm. And I could do a whole seminar on that. But Amanda is a person that believes in herself, has the confidence, and realizes all they can say is no. But if you're doing anything that involves other people, that involves moving your needle forward, personally or professionally, learn how to ask. And then doors will open that other people will just raise their eyebrow and say, well, how did that happen? Well, you just heard a story about a lady from Northern Ontario, Canada, made a phone call, made her presentation, set her pitch, and the rest is history. Well done, Amanda. Well done. Thank you. I have a I have a follow up to that story if you want to hear it. Oh yeah. What you know, like I said, we can have part one, part two, part three, I don't care. I mean you're amazing. You're an amazing lady. And it's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you. The um the last shot show which I attended was in twenty twenty in Vegas and Chuck Norris was at the Glock booth. And I was doing a podcast with one of my other buddies, and he's like, Amanda, Chuck Norris is at the clock booth. You should go say hi. I'm like, um, I don't want to bother him, but okay, I'll go say hi. So I go to the clock booth, and I stand in line behind this big huge lineup. I'm standing at the end of the line. And the guy in front of me turns around, looks at me, and he's like, oh, if you want to meet Chuck Norris, then you're just going to have to come back tomorrow because I'm the end of the line. And I looked at him, and I'm like, in my face, I'm like, wow, that was just so rude. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then I'm like, wait a minute, why am I standing in line? So <laughs> I went around the back of the Glock booth and came around the corner. And uh, Chuck and Gina's bodyguard recognized me from the from the gala. So he waved me in. And he's like, do you want an autograph and pictures and stuff? Do you want to say hi? And I'm like, yeah. So I stepped in, and we, we all exchanged autographs. I mean, Gina had a great big hug, and Chuck signed an autograph for me. I signed one for him. We got our pictures taken, blah, 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 blah. And then I went back around the Glock booth, and the guy was still standing in the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> so I tapped him on the shoulder, and he looks at me, and I'm like, um, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, have a good day. Bye. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't you. it was just I would never have done that and I would never have like I would have I would have absolutely stayed in line and waited my turn like everyone else like I don't take advantage of those kinds of things but he was just such a jerk and unfortunately humans I'm not going to say anything about gender but humans think in today's world, they're entitled to something. Their position in line, I call it what you want. And we certainly serve humanity, and this is my opinion, folks, a lot better 
if we would just humble ourselves and say, hey, George, do you really want to meet Chuck and not wait for an hour? And he'd look at you and you do your thing. And so you did it different way. You just went around, got it, came back, said, here's his autograph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I was just, I wasn't mean to be like um, mean or anything like that. But at the same time, like, if you would have just like, if you would if he was, if he would have said something like, "So hey, are you excited to meet Chuck? Like, have you ever met him before, or anything like that?" Things could have been like completely different. Maybe I could have been like, "Hey, why don't you come with me?" And we could that's drink the wine. You know, right? that's what I'm saying. Really? <laughs> you know, and we miss I guess we miss opportunities because we're thinking wrong thoughts and you you've been a stage presence and know about positivity and and how to become passionate and how to treat people fairly and mm -hmm. with respect i mean that's who you are based on what i've read and if we just yeah. do that people even in the hunting world yeah we all like our trophy and trophy shots and and We'll hopefully get into what is a trophy. We'll define a trophy in the show. But celebrate life together with your friends and your community, whoever your tribe is. You never and, know who's listening, and you never know who's watching, and you never know who somebody is. Yeah, because they don't have a sign around them, and if they're not on TV... And podcasts, you don't really see him. Yeah, the Joe Rogans of the world, you know, you, you see him because he promotes himself so well. But if Joe Rogan just was a podcaster without his face being, you know, up on social media and everything, if you, if you heard him or were in a, a show or someplace and you bumped into him, you might not know who the heck he is. And then all of a sudden you find out, go, are you kidding me? Yeah, and you don't know if you're sitting on a plane next to a billionaire or, you know, you don't know. You just, you don't know. So you have to, you have to be careful. Mind your manners and, yeah. I just say, you know, treat everybody like the way you'd be treated and, um, Yeah, the way you want to be treated. Yeah, it's it's actually that simple. And treat the doorman and the waitress just like you treat the CEO. Yes. Don't well, treat them do. any different. <laughs> yeah, you kind of want to talk about that trophy hunting right now. <laughs> well, we are. You know, this whole thing, when you get somebody of your caliber and your experience, I should say experience, because there's a lot of people that are outstanding human beings, and they're hunters or fly fishermen or outdoors people that nobody knows and nobody will know. I had a great friend in Wisconsin that's one of the best whitetail hunters I know, and um, he's killed... I can't tell you how many Pope and Young from 
poking on all the way up to 200-inch whitetails and throughout North America. And I asked him to be on my show, my previous podcast, and he says, Bruce, I hunt because I work hard eight months a year, four months a year, I hunt. I don't want anybody to be stopping me. I don't want to have conversations. I want to hunt. And it's all DIY. He doesn't hunt with outfitters. And there's people like that. He wants, they want to remain invisible. And a lot of people have made it a business. But saying that, in 2016, you started a TV outdoor adventures called That Hunting Girl. Let's talk about that. So, actually, um, yeah, I was at SHOT Show in 2016, and the, the Canadian, the only Canadian outdoors network at that time was Wild TV, and they had sat me down because they recognized that I was um, very active in the outdoors, and I had never hunted with an outfitter at that point. It's always been do-it-yourself, and I will... I will go in the bush for days on end and do what whatever whatever it takes. And they're like, hey, you know, you have a unique look, you're fit, you're healthy, and you hunt and you fish and you like play on motorcycles and all this stuff. So, you know, let's 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 try something. And they had a new had a new idea where they, they called it Canada Hunts and they wanted to use me as part of the pilot to get different parts of Canada into the same series to showcase the, the diversity of Canada and different hosts. So I had done three episodes in the first season and it was really well received and um, did it again in the second season. The third season, it was so well received that they gave me my own show and it was 12 episodes and we called it Just Hunt and um did that season with wild tv and the sportsman channel came to canada are you kidding me so um made the switch over into to sportsman channel kept just hunt as the incorporated name of my company as to not confuse our viewers and audience and sponsors created a whole new branding with that hunting girl on sportsman channel canada uh, started airing in 2019, and we are uh, just about to launch season five in quarter two coming up. And now I have hunted with outfitters. It's been very limited because I love a do-it-yourself hunt. I think it is so much more rewarding. And um, because I have an outreach program called Take Me Hunting, there's a lot um on me to do it yourself with novice or beginner hunters so sometimes i do hook up with one of my buddies at a lodge or a cabin or an outfitting company for those um if it's like a deer or a bear hunt but if it's small game and turkey i do i do it myself but yes yeah, so in the last two to three years, I have entered the world of outfitting, which has been very interesting. I imagine it has. <laughs> Especially going to Africa last year and all Good the other things. I, I got to interrupt you there because 
your double spiral okay. ivory tip kudu. I'm going, oh my goodness, because that's on my bucket list. And I just, you know, for, because life comes first, I haven't gone to Africa, but that's that's the number one. I'm going to go to Africa just to kill kudu. That's what I said. And I had said no to Africa for years. People have invited me over there. And it wasn't until I met Nico and developed an amazing relationship with him and his wife. And, you know, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. I lost my mom in 2016, the launch of television altogether. And I lost my dad in 2022. And when that happened, um, when my mom passed, my dad had got me a birthday card that year, and in it he hashtag, and he doesn't even know what a hashtag is, but he, he put a hashtag inside, and it says just do it, and I have it on my bulletin board. Oh my goodness! And, yeah, and he and he made me this other sign. He burnt it all into wood, and it was a surprise when I had come home from one of my trips, and um, he passed away from glioblastoma, so brain tumor took over his body. Um, but he had always said, don't anything stop you, just do it. So it goes hand in hand with, if you're not going to call, you're never going to know. So if you don't get out there and do it, you're never going to know. And now I know that I should have went to Africa like a long time ago. <laughs> so going to Africa and experiencing that, it wasn't just about the hunt. It's just Africa in, in, in full and in total it changed. I took three girls and it changed all of our lives. And to the point where now I have my own bow hunting camp in Africa. Come on. Come on, sister. <laughs> so you have your own uh, concession? I have. Um, it is, is not... Ownership wise, but it is like, um, how can you say that? Approved by me. Do you know what I mean? So if someone says, Manda, I want to go to Africa, where should I go? I'm going to say, you're going to go to Zingawa and Popo Safaris because that is 100% approved by me. This is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to get. And this is how it's going to be. So you're endorsing so, them? At 100%. Okay, so, and so if somebody's listening to this and saying, I want to do that, and you mentioned mm -hmm. bow hunting, not rifle, mm -hmm. so I want to bow hunt in Africa, mm -hmm. what do they need to do? What's the URL? Uh, um, JustHunt.ca. Just, yeah, I mean, you can find out everything on, everything that has to do with me is on my website. That's the easiest way. And if you can't find something on the website, then you can go to the contact page and just email me, WhatsApp me, message me. Like th there is no way that you can't get a hold of me. I am accessible. And so and again, that website, please. Justhunt.ca. And that's that California folks. That's Canada. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to California. I've only ever shot into it. <laughs> yeah, don't don't bother. No, I've, I've lived in California, and I've surfed and fished and shot some doves. And, you know, I, have, I, I enjoyed my time in California. But um, I wouldn't live in California anymore for 
political reasons, and I'm not going to go there, but um, there you go. <laughs> um, I've been, I don't think I've ever been to California, but I've been to Baja, uh, Los Cabo, Mexico, which I guess is kind of like the piece that comes off the, the bottom part of it. I don't know. Right. Call it Baja. The Baja is different. Um, Cabo San Lucas is California because all the money to make that just blow up. Um, oh, so came, came from California, basically, because you could blow down there in a weekend. You could jump a jet and go down there and buy your house and go fishing and surfing and sunbathing or hang out at the bars. Great golf courses. I've been fortunate to fish down there a few times. Never played golf, but I fished a bunch of times down there. And it was great, but you don't even need to know how to speak Spanish. And when I go to to Mexico, I'd like to speak Spanish. And, um, you know, all the restaurants and everything, it's it's just like being in Orange County or, or L.A. with a Mexican flavor. That's my two cents. Well, um, I'm going to agree, but I've never been to California, so don't know. But what you're saying about Los Cabos or San Lucas or however you want to call it is 100% correct. And, in fact... Um, when I was there last year, that was the beginning of my season in January, and we did marlin fishing, and now we have a exclusive girls-only retreat back to that destination where we take 10 girls and we go horseback riding and snorkeling, marlin fishing, and, uh, you know, whatever, whatever other fish jumps on the line as well, and a whole bunch of other things, and it's all in a private villa, so we're doing that. On top of everything else. So I've, yeah. I've got to expand. Yeah, my friend Lindsay Persico uh, is. I down know right her. Now. She's there right now. Yeah, she's there yeah. right now. Yeah, I know. So she is fishing. She's actually fishing with Frank, who's the same, the Marlin Hunter, who's the same guy right. that. No. Oh, small world. Small world. Yeah, she's a good friend. And, yeah. Uh, she's down there having a hoot with. I don't know, five or six girls, eight girls, whatever. Yeah, and she goes up to, she goes up to Alaska and does Tiana. Yep. Do you know Tiana? Yeah. <laughs> well yeah. it was it was it was I guess by faith that we connected on LinkedIn and folks, um LinkedIn's a good social media prep platform. Yes, I use Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, but I have the best connections and develop the best relationships through LinkedIn. And that's how Amanda and I uh, came together. Now, you just found out that she knows three of the ladies, two of the ladies that have been on my show previously, have been on Hutchung Hunting in 2003 as I was gearing up and Tiana's just an amazing lady up and outside of uh, King Salmon uh, Alaska and Lindsay hails from I believe it's Montana or Boise I can't remember but just an incredible incredible lady and they they're both overcomers and as we're finding out talking to Amanda she's an overcomer she doesn't let things stop her and so if you're struggling right now, 
and you're a woman, listen to the show. Get a hold of Amanda. Get a hold of Lindsay Persico or Tiana and chat with them because they can help make you better. They can help you get through whatever you're trying to get through. Mm -hmm. That's sweet. So you've done all this neat stuff. You've got a gazillion social media followers. TV's gotten into millions of homes. So is that your major source of income, your TV show or Oh God, if you're if you're on TV to make money, you're in the wrong business. <laughs> yeah, that's not how that works. But um luckily enough I figured out a way to be able to um market the things that I do and put them on TV. So T the TV show isn't just about a man running around the bush shooting animals and fishing but taking other people out. So I have a, a, um, an outreach program called Take Me Hunting, but it's also Take Me Fishing, Take Me Off-Roading. You know, whatever you want to do, if I can do it, I'll take you. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll teach you how to do it. So in the past eight years, we have done some Take Me Off-Roading, and it's mostly girls' events. Uh, take Me Hunting, which have included Africa, deer, bear, upland birds, and turkeys which have all been very successful in range days. And range days, I started back in 2011 before I even started TV or any of that stuff. Um, and it is no license required in Canada. No license required. You can come out and shoot pistol, rifle, archer, and shotgun. And you got to remember the rules in Canada. You can't just conceal carry a pistol or carry a pistol at all. And we have a difference between non-restricted and restricted firearms. There's there's a lot of differences between the states and Canada in regards to firearms. So we have the ability to do range days, which will allow um, girls to come in in a non-intimidating environment and be able to touch the guns and shoot the guns and see how they work and see how they feel and see if it's something they want to do. Um, and we, we film everything. So we film range days and we put them on national television and we film Take Me Hunting and we put it on TV and we film it all. We work with kids. We work um, mostly with women. Uh, we travel. We stay local. We do. I don't know why I keep saying me. It's me. <laughs> I do have a team of ambassadors who who um, come with me to some trade shows and some of the events and stuff and help with some of the outreach programs, but it is mostly just me. Um I'll jump in the truck and and somebody wants to go to Alberta and go elk hunting. Let's go. Let's do it. So it's um yeah, it's making money um comes with the outreach program, taking people hunting. Comes from a small percentage of sponsorship from the T V show and the majority of it comes from the clothing line. I have a very extensive clothing line. It's not anything like you would expect or see. Um, I am a very creative person and I like things to be functional and somewhat fashionable. And I created a hoodie. Actually, it's five year anniversary is yesterday of this hoodie. And I wanted a hockey style hoodie that laced all the way up to my nose because at that point I was doing ice fishing and um, a lot of it. 
and I wanted a hockey jersey style hoodie and nobody could provide me with one. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to do it myself. And I did. I found, I researched suppliers and um, purchasers and inventory and all kinds of different things for months and months, probably almost an entire year before I found somebody that I could trust and that I could work with and um, sent him my design. He sent it back to me. He sent me a sample, fell in love with it, ordered a whole bunch and they sold out like the first sportsman show was in March and they were gone. Gone so fast that I actually had to put another emergency order in and get it sent to the sportsman show. So that gave me the motivation to carry on. So I would create another product. And then that's when I got connected with the gentleman from Canadian Camouflage and decided to create my own camo for Just Hunt called Deceptive Camo. So okay, and I'm going to stop you there. Because <laughs> okay. this... We're gonna we're gonna have part two because this is very interesting, folks. So you have a lady in northern Ontario that's had some challenges, overcome them, believes in herself, I've already said that, has confidence, knows she can get things done. And she decided to get into a industry that's very hard extremely hard no a lot of people fail good ideas poor execution poor fabrics whatever you can count on your hands how many companies become a ralph loren type company extremely extremely small so we're going to end this part of the show, and I've got to give a shout-out to Conquest Scent, Doug and Karen Roberts of Michigan, the makers of Evercom. They've been my presenting sponsor in 2023. I look forward to having them as a presenting sponsor in 2024. This is Bruce Hutch on Hunting. You can reach me at hutchonhunting at gmail.com. You can go to my website at hutchandhunting.com and I willingly will spend 15, 20 minutes with anybody who wants to to do a discovery call about hunting Colorado. And that's a free discovery call. After that call, you decide if you want to engage, become a member of Hutch on Hunting. I welcome you with open arms. So Amanda, any last comments before we go to uh, part two? Um, no, we need for part two. <laughs> okay, we're going to wait to part two. Thank you so much, and we'll have part two coming up.